When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Track Podcast. I am Liv Ekpone, joined with Ashley Titians. And of course, from last week, we have our chat guy, Corey Mall, in the house. So, wow, what an exciting weekend. I feel like I say that every day like something else and this weekend I feel like there's just so much going on there really is speaking of so much going on I think we need to address the elephant in the room we did not intentionally plan on matching today we did talk about this um we walk into the office and everyone's like did y'all plan this literally from head to toe same outfit we're matching so we're on the same vibes today anywho on today's episode we're going to dive into the top moments from the weekend from the USA track and field indoor championships Ashley and I were on the ground for that of course the NCAA indoor conference championships are kicking off this week so we're going to dive into our top storylines and we're also going to take a look at the closer matchups going into the weekend so it's going to be an exciting show let's first talk about the big thing that happened over the weekend there were world records that fell left and right three of them fell one of them tied at the usa indoor championships and of course femke ball just doing femke ball things in the 400 meters so let's first talk about the 49 24 are we surprised by this effort well so uh, yes this obviously came from femke ball this weekend so we're going to go through all these world records that fell this weekend and just break them down no this doesn't surprise me at all she already had the world indoor record in the 400 meters and as we've seen, Femke Bull, she likes running indoor. You know, like yeah, she's she gonna, she loves that. She's gonna go out there and run this. She ran this at the Dutch Indoor Championships, I believe. I believe she ran 51 or something in the prelims, and then comes back and runs 49-24 in the finals. I mean, at this point, I'm like, gosh, she's in such a good position, and it's only February. Like, it makes you wonder, like, just how good is she gonna be when it comes to Paris in August? Not to like look so far ahead, but. I mean, shoot, Femke Bowl, continue to do Femke Bowl things. Yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't surprised she lowered her very own world record. I think I'm going to get a little bit nervous once we hit, if she goes, or if anybody goes, 48 indoors. That's going to be, that's when I'm going to be, like, on the edge of my seat thinking, oh, wow, we're going to see something huge. Th- similar thoughts to what you have, just knowing Paris is kind of far out there, but the fact that she's already in this kind of shape 
this part of the year, mid-February, almost March, is really crazy to even think about. Yeah, just wait till there's hurdles in front of her. It'll be even crazier. Oh, gosh, that's going to be scary. Okay, speaking of hurdles. Yes. Speaking of hurdles, you actually called this on the episode. I did. Yeah, can we talk about that? I called this, and you said I was wrong. You said the world record was not going to go down in that men's 60-meter hurdles. And, I mean, Grant Holloway broke his own world record there. Can I get a can I get a round of applause for that? I feel like, you know, I did a good job, I did a good job <laughs> picking that. Obviously, as we saw in the prelims of the men's 60-meter hurdles at USA Indoors, Grant Holloway improved on his own world record, 727. It was previously at 729. I mean, shoot. Again, what can you say? This guy's just the GOAT when it comes to the men's 60-meter hurdles. He has been since even high school. I know that's a stat that keeps being uh, brought up is, you know, he hasn't lost any sort of race Right. In that event, indoors, prelim, final, whatever, since high school. And again, see, I told you, I wouldn't be surprised. And especially since, and we may get into this a little bit, he didn't run the final because he had the bye exactly. to go to World Indoors. So why not run something really fast in the prelim? See, why were you doubting? Why were you doubting this know, I, just, I was just thinking, okay, it's USA Indoor Championships. I'm like, all Grant has to do is just clear the hurdles and make sure that he does what he needs to do. Uh, so in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, he's just going to try to execute a great race. No world record thoughts came into my head. So yes, I give you a round of applause. We were standing, I was actually standing next to you and you're yeah, like, you watch this. And then <laughs> there goes Grant. I'm like, you're like, I told you, Liv, I told you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you were right. I, right. I give you that. I was right. Corey, thoughts? Thoughts, Corey. Well, I, I think you kind of mentioned it, but the question that you posed is, um, does it hurt the sport that, a star at the U.S. Indoor Championships like Grant doesn't run the final. Um, knowing all the variables that he's already in, he set a world record in the in the opening round. He's undefeated in however many years. Is it still a bad look not to run the final? Would you like me to take let, let go first? Because I, I know you already have an opinion on this. I'm like it's Grant Holloway. He has a bye. If you don't need to run it. You don't need to run it. That's just my thought. It would have been nice to see him maybe, you know, face the final, but I'm not. This is what Grant does. He's been doing this. He won't even Trey Cunningham in his post-race interview was we asked him, were you surprised that Grant Holloway didn't line up? He's like, no, that's what Grant Holloway does. He never runs the final. If but but is that an issue? I don't think it is. Saying, oh, Grant Hall, that's just what he does. Well, you are the best hurdler in the sport. You have people you watching. You have people watching USA Championships that probably care more about USA Championships than they will any sort of world indoor thing. Don't you want to see your favorite star hurdler run the final? Maybe run something even faster than what he ran in the prelims. The bigger pictures, world indoor championships. He wants the medal. It's That's one it, round. One round. A one set of sixty meter hurdles. <laughs> one set extra. That's it. I don't know. It, it I, is I an interesting know. question. I yeah. Think. yeah, it is. Because you put at risk your your win record obviously you don't want to yeah. lose in, in, in a race like that when you don't have to race it i understand why he doesn't yeah um i think the conversation is in any other sport if you were to put an athlete in the same position for like a championship game they wouldn't skip out actually you know what football players actually do skip out on championship games because they sure, want to yeah. get drafted yeah, so in the, in the ncaa yeah that's, yeah that's become more of a thing now um, yeah, opting out of bowl games and yeah. stuff like that yeah. just because you don't want to risk yourself getting injured and yeah. hurt your stock. Which So, yeah, like I, it's like one of those things where it's a hard question because 
I do get it. And me selfishly wants to be like, oh, I want to see Grant run. I'm yeah. sure other people want to, but I totally, I do get why he doesn't run it. And yeah. I get it. Like people are there investing, you know, mm-hmm. time, energy, you know, to book travel, to be there, to watch these championships in New Mexico. So for some of the people in the venue at the Albuquerque Convention Center are probably thinking, wow, I'm about to watch Grant Holloway like take on a final or whoever they're here to see. And then they don't see that athlete hurts them. But at the same time, this is a business for these athletes. Like Grant, if he, like I said, has the buy, if he doesn't want to run it because he's good to go, he's good to go. Yeah. So, and I guess it does open the door for like, you know, the other guys too to have a chance to, to win an indoor title, you know, in the USA as well. So, yeah. I don't know. It's I, interesting. It, it is a very interesting thing to think about. I want to shift to the women's side because we saw Dia Jones tie the world record in the 60 meter hurdles as well. 767. I know we had a chance to talk with her at the press conference. She was, you know, we talked about the American record being 770. She went 772. She's like, it's going to click when it happens. And sure enough in that prelim, the prelim was sizzling over the weekend. So again, ties that world record with Devin Charlton. Were you surprised by Tia's efforts over the weekend? I was a little bit surprised. I mean, when we talked to her at the press conference, I think it did come up like, what do you have to basically? It was more about like the conversation was around if she could break the American record, right? Which I believe right. was 771. I could be wrong. I think it was 770. 770. It's, yeah. right, it's in that range. And she was just a couple, two, I believe two hundredths of a second off that. And she was like, you know, she's like, I just got to clean up some things and have, you know, full faith in my coaching and my support staff. And just, you got to just do it on the day. And so I feel like, um, there wasn't necessarily, she wasn't vocally saying, oh, I'm going to attack this world record. You know what I mean? And, but like, I think what was interesting to me is I believe you talked to her after the race and she said that you asked her about that world record. Like, how did that feel? Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, honestly, it felt easier than I thought. And she said, you know, like when things just like come together, like perfectly, it just feels easy and you don't even realize it until you cross the finish and see the time. And so I thought that was a really interesting kind of humble approach to it, you know, saying like, you know, seeing how these things can come together and you can, can lead to fast times. Um, I don't know if I was expecting a seven, six, seven tying the <laughs> world record from, from Tia Jones, but she's definitely entered the chat as that American hurdler right now that could do special things. Yeah. I like how she said it felt easy because that just means the work that you've been putting in up into this point, all the, mm-hmm. the weight room sessions, the hard repeat. I don't know if she's doing repeat three hundreds, but whatever that hard workout is that she's been doing since you know, September, October, November, December are finally starting to like, it's starting to come to, you know, she's starting to see the results now of her hard work and labor. And so for an athlete to say it felt easy, that means she's clicking at the right time. Everything is coming together. I personally think I was surprised. I know when you technically look on paper and you're like, okay, seven, six, seven and seven, seven, she technically had to run seven, six, nine to, you know, break the American record. It's only two hundredths of a second off, Mm -hmm. but that is a lot of, you know, that's a lot of sprinting and hurdling in between there. So I think I was rooting for the American record. Like, yes, I want Tia Jones to get it. But when I saw Ty's world record, it just my I think my hair like frizzed up at that moment because I was like, oh, my gosh, she did something incredible. So now it gets really spicy as we go into World Indoor Championships because Devin Charlton of Bahamas, assuming will be there. Now we're going to see Tia Jones battling out it's going to be a great race. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. And I, I, well, actually I won't take that chat guy. We got anything in the chat. Why don't we have some points here? Maybe. Yeah. I, I, well, a question, recent question from Troy Smith says, did 
Tia get injured in the final? Uh, any I, I mean, I did see her come after the final, and she was kind of hobbling off. But, like, I don't know if she actually she got injured. Was she taped up? I'm looking at your photo behind you. I remember... Or I'm that's, that's, that's from the prelims. That's from the prelims. Prelim. Okay. I can't. There was some athlete that had their ankle taped. I know Aaliyah Hobbs had the top of her calf with the uh, with tape. I don't. Think I know. Hurt, no, though. she didn't get injured, as far as I know. No, I don't think so. And then I also think too. I'm also looking at the chat. It is an interesting point. Like this meet was at altitude yes get a little bit of that boost and some of those things and yeah. they made the point that you know devin charlton when she ran 767 that was at Milrose at sea level so yeah that's very true that's why i think in my head when we think about grant i'm like okay well that's, that's why i said a world know. record is gonna happen for him because know, now altitude. i'm like okay what happens when you're at sea level kind of still thing. run fast i don't know it's great all the way like <laughs> that's my opinion i'm just saying in general you know yeah. but that does bring up a valid point but how much and I think we were talking about this in the office yesterday. Like, when do you start feeling like the altitude kick in? I think we said past 400 meters. It's like at that you, you point. You get no effect. You, you have no effect. Feel it. So I want, but still, Grant, but for me, just going back to Grant Holloway, how consistent he's been this year, mm -hmm. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think it made that much of a difference for him at elevation. I don't know. He's just been really consistent with running the really mm -hmm. fast times. Yeah. So didn't think too much of it. And then the final one from the USA Indoor Championships was Daniel Hall. Ho, like, ha, it's ha, ha, thank yeah. you. Uh -huh. In the weight throw, that I think came as a surprise. Yeah. A I don't lot think of any, people. No one was really expecting that until I think on the intercom, like, well, I, I know we were sitting there. I was watching some of the track stuff. And all of a sudden I hear over in the, the cage, you know, the weight throw, the cage over there just like screaming and like yes. someone yelling. I was like, oh, something big must have happened. And then you just hear just break out in applause over there and they go over the intercom and they they announce that he, you know, Daniel Ha broke the world record in the weight throw 2635. So then I ran over there to like go get a picture and see the reaction and stuff or just see him throw. And I mean, this guy, I mean, he was throwing, throwing some weight around, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, I think you had a chance to talk with him afterward and he talked about how 26 meters is something that he's been thinking about. He's been envisioning, I think, ever since, I think, 2017 yes. or something like that. But finally, and he said that re more recently in practices and stuff, things have just been clicking for that to happen, like, on the day um, at a performance. So kudos to him. That's a huge effort. I love how you mentioned that because I asked him, 2017 is a very long time ago. Mm -hmm. And the thing was, his coach was the one that painted that vision mm -hmm. that he could do this. Imagine hearing five, six, seven years ago, we're going after this world record and your personal best is nowhere near that. And I was just like, how do you keep that vision? Mm -hmm. Like you didn't believe in yourself that you could do it, but your coach did. How do you just go out there and trust the process? And essentially just the underlying picture was we, we just kept working at it and he just allowed his coach to pour belief into him. And then you know, on his fourth attempt, just really launched it out there. And it felt great. It's been the best throw. I just imagine feeling that in the weight throw. But Daniel just did an incredible job on the weekend in securing a world record. Like, I just remember that day, like it was yesterday, as you mentioned, all of a sudden you hear screaming. And then all of a sudden, these photographers just kept, they just <laughs> they ran. It's like a mini stampede <laughs> behind us. I was like, okay, something big <laughs> really happened. And yeah, Daniel threw a world record. Yes. Who would have thought 
to start off, I think that, that was, was the first world. That record, was the first yeah. world record. I think that was, yeah, that was on Friday. Uh, so just a way to kick everything off. Yeah. Which was great. <laughs> yeah. So we have one question, uh, mm -hmm. from the chat, uh, unrelated to anything that you guys have been talking about yet, but it is an interesting question, uh, from our, our good fan on the game. <laughs> he said, should the 17-year-old high schooler, Jaciana Gerald Holt, who finished second in the high jump with the 1.89-meter PB, should she continue in the multis, that track, mm. kind of finish, kind I'll of finish. following Anna Hall's track and go for some of those those records? Or what about the high jump now? Do you feel like her progression in the high jump warrants maybe a, a more specific focus there? I love that question, and I had a chance to talk with Jaciana Gerald Holt on the ground. Um, if you watch the interview, it's on the uh, Flow Track website and also on her YouTube. I did ask her. I was like, "So, are we done with the multis?" She's like, "No, no, no, no. The multis, I still love. I think she's. It's one of those moments where I think for her, she's just like fueling the fire of her strength right now. She knows the high jump is a strength, but she loves the multis, and I think." You know, just thinking about Jaciana Gerald Holt, who I remember last indoor championships because I had a chance to talk with her for a, a, an athlete feature. And she just remembers watching Anna Hall, like running that 400 meters, doing the multis, and she's wanting to follow in Anna Hall's footsteps, essentially. She loves being challenged in that way. Like, yes, her strength is in the high jump, but I'm all like, just go for it. Like, Anna Hall, I feel like, is doing such a great job of paving the way for doing things that not a lot of people think about in regards to really getting outside the box because there's no way if you were to ask me to do the multis and then run a, you know open 400 or compete in another event, that's a hard pass for me. Um, but I think it's great that these athletes are kind of stepping outside that comfort zone a little bit. So I'm like, you might as well go for it. And you're young too, so you can explore a little bit more too. I do think this brings up a good point though because if you think about U.S. women's high jump, you have Vashai Cunningham who's up there and then it's over the past few years been kind of wide open, you know, like this could be a chance for, I mean, she's still young. She's still a junior in high school. Yeah. Like if she wanted to focus on high jump, that could be a really good chance for her, you know, going forward, you know, as a collegiate, as you know, if she, you know, pro potentially eventually as well to like make these U S teams and compete at these big meets. Because again, if you think about it, it's bash tie. Um, Anika McPherson's also been very good for the U S women in the high jump, but like, it's kind of like one of those events where I feel like that could be a space where you find some, if you can get good, if she can continue to improve, like she could make her way up into that conversation. Yeah. I think the, the opportunity for her though, uh, in the heptathlon is just too great yeah. to, to give up. She's number three right now in high school history, mm -hmm. five, 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 two, five thousand five hundred. Uh, two points was her her point total last year at USA U twenties. Um, she's clearly like an athlete that can challenge Anna Hall's national record, and yeah. you know the high jump does present some possibilities uh, for her. But I don't know. That's a steep climb to get to where Vashti is. Yeah. Um. So would you be a master of a lot of different trades and be great at that, or try to? to kind of compete in this high jump specific area. And I don't know, there's less certainty there. Yeah. Agreed. I like that. All good points. All good points. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I say go for it all. Yes. <laughs> go for it all. Well, before we move on, I think we have one more world yes. record we have to, to mention. And actually I, nah, I'll mention this first. 
Let's see how Tabo go. Tabo go. One of the great young stars, I feel like, in the sprints. He runs 3069, which is, I believe, a it's like a it's a, technically a world best because it's an off distance. So World Athletics calls it a world best instead of a world record, but it's still the fastest time ever ran outdoors in a 300. He did that in South Africa over the weekend. Absolutely insane. I saw the video. I was like, what? <laughs> I was just, I don't know. I think it's really interesting seeing a 300 on an outdoor oval. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Indoor. I yeah. think indoor, I'm like, I am I feel like I see it all the time, especially at that high school level. But for me, pro, I'm like, why couldn't we run the two? <laughs> or why couldn't we run the four? But 3069, that is that is moving. Very fast. Absolutely moving. All but, I'm saying is, Noah Lyles better watch out. I think, oh! I think <laughs> oh! Tobogo is going to be the guy to watch this this summer. Oh, that that's a hot take. Oh, I don't think that's much of a hot take. I think it's hot. I I in the two. Is that where we're? He's he's we're better in the two? two. He's better in the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm not saying he's gonna beat Noah Lyles, but I'm saying he could definitely challenge him. Hmm. I mean, can't everyone challenge? I feel yeah. Like, yeah, but like guys are on the track. We're yeah, maybe challenging Noah Lyles. But if if anyone's gonna beat Noah Lyles, it's Tobogo. What about Arian Knighton? He's right up there too. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a big Tobogo fan. Again, like I am a Tobogo fan. Again, we're already. I mean, granted, who runs a 300? So yeah, cool. You get a world record, but like he's already in the groove. Very true. Just you wait. Just you wait. We're gonna come back to this. Like so, in in the summer, we're gonna come back to okay, this. We're, we're gonna, gonna be like, guys, I told you in February, Tobogo. We're gonna replay this episode <laughs> and be like, yeah, this is what Ashley said. Hey, you you said Grant Holloway, Holloway was gonna break. I'm the on world a good record. streak so far. So. You're on a great streak, so yeah. I trust you. Mm-hmm. All right, so up next, the World Indoor Championships will take place March 1st through the 3rd in Glasgow, Scotland. It will be live on Peacock. We just did a deep dive into finding that out. So there you go. Before we kind of sh- shift gears, I want to just br- there were so many moments that occurred at these championships I feel like yes we saw world records but there were also some amazing matchups and it would we would not be doing our jobs right if we did not talk about Noah Lyles and Christian Coleman in the 60 the most anticipated matchup yes I think of world like the USA indoor championships going into it Noah Lyles beats Christian Coleman 643 644 this equals a new personal best. It's just mind-blowing to think about. We talked about this last week. I called Christian Coleman. You two called Noah Lyles. Christian Coleman was leading up until the line. Noah Lyles, his start was better. Uh, it was know. better. I don't know. Compared to what he opened up with. Well, that was his open. He still wasn't it great, though. It still was better. <laughs> Noah Lyles' top-end speed is ridiculous right now yeah i that's basically what it comes down to right like he's his top end speed can't be matched you have a guy like christian coleman who's the world record holder in this event granted that came many years ago um you know one of the best starters in the in the world and you beat him at the line come back from that deficit at the very beginning and still beat him by a hundredth of a second i mean that that was pretty impressive for sure very impressive so Noah Lyles' confidence has probably skyrocketed. He's always moment. a confident guy, though. His confidence is I know, but, like, high. the fact that you actually did it now, like, he, I feel like, has backed up a lot of things. And now he's just like, I'm the guy right now. And coming off of World Outdoor Championships, winning the 100, here he is in the 60. I had question marks. I honestly did. I was like, okay, where actually is Noah, Noah Lyles in all of this? 
Christian Coleman is the best starter in the history right now. So, and the fact that he was able to take him down in that final was insane. How do we feel about his reaction? His reaction, it was interesting. He definitely started. Because <laughs> you saw I it. There. I didn't see this. I was in the mix zone. Yeah, I was there on the tra- by the track. And all of a sudden, this man starts sprinting across the track. And then he comes back. And then he, like, falls down on the ground. And he's, like, in shock. Definitely a lot of, a lot of drama there. But. I mean, he, he beat Christian Coleman for the first time, I guess. So, I and he won a USA championship. Yes, that is true also. Like, Christian Coleman. In the 60. First time in the, in the 60. 60 mm-hmm. That Noah Lyles has beat Christian Coleman yeah. in the same race. I will say, I am really impressed by his ability to wipe away all this distractions yeah. in his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, he yep. was the subject of a short documentary on Peacock. Mm-hmm. He has cameras following him everywhere. Yeah, It's very hard to take all that in and still be the best in the mm-hmm. world when all the eyes are on you and there are a significant amount of doubters on Noah Lyles too. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think it's really impressive that he's able to take all that and still yeah. perform. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agree. Before we talk about the 1500, I want to stay on the 60 really quick because I called this, I think you agreed with me. Yeah. This remember. wasn't much of a hot take. Aaliyah Hobbs, Micaiah Briscoe go one, two in the woman's 60 had a chance to talk with both of those ladies after their race briefly with Micaiah, but like Aaliyah Hobbs and I, we were chatting it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but Aaliyah, I asked her, I was like, do you feel like you have an advantage because Micaiah Briscoe and you train together and pretty much she's going to go one, two with you. And, and she was like, yeah, I think it's great. We push each other at practices and, We've been feeling really good, and so I was just really impressed with how they both executed their races. I feel like Aaliyah Hobbs kind of came on a little bit later. Micaiah was um, the one that got out more aggressively, but nonetheless, Aaliyah did a fantastic job. She also told us that she hadn't trained in a week and a half because she was injured. She said after Boston, uh, she did something to her upper calf. So when you saw her, she was taped up. And, but she was, I asked, I was like, are you good? And she's like, I'm good. We're ready to go. We're hitting up Glasgow full force. And I was like, all right, cool. So Aaliyah Hobbs look great. But I know for you, Ashley, the, the distance races in the 1500 really caught your attention. Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at some of the more impressive performances to me, I think that men's 1500, the way Cole Hawker was able to just pull away from the rest of the field in the final 400, that was impressive to me. Um, 337 meet record there at altitude. Um, again, like he, he ran away from someone like Hobbs Kessler, who just ran, I believe 348 in the mile at Milrose just a, like a couple weeks ago. Um, I, yeah. And I think he was one that like, there were question marks around him going into this. It's like, he went from, I believe he already won this title last time. I believe he went from being like a favorite to like one of those guys that's like underrated, I feel like. And then he came into this race and just completely showed why he shouldn't be underrated. So I was really impressed there. Yeah, it was great. Moving toward the field side and then we'll, we'll switch gears. Um, I was really impressed with Tara Davis, uh, t- excuse me, Tara Davis, what all who leaped a world lead in the jumps here, seven eighteen. her emotion after that jump was incredible. She's just like, she knew it was a big jump too. Just screaming, running, super amazing. She now enters the all-time lifts, U.S. number two and number six on the world all-time list with this performance. So Tara just like put it out there. And I think it was one of her later jumps too that she did it. Um, so super impressed by the field. Were there any other great performances from USA Indoors 
that you would like to touch on before? I mean, those are the ones the we re- that really stand out to me. I know we got a lot to talk about with the conference champs, but chat guy, any anything in the yeah, chat? chat? We we have a lot of comments on the Noah Lyles Noah Christian Lyles. Coleman matchup. Okay. Um, you know, athletics athletics edits says it was epic. I didn't watch it live, but I think Niles was, will have everyone's number in the hundred this year. Uh, Tampa Eagle said Christian Coleman has no chance against Noah in the hundred. Looking forward to the Olympics. Uh, Nate Oliver, Nate, Noah's start was not good at all. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there's uh, some division here uh, yeah. between the ranks, but most people are, are pro Noah at this point. Pro Noah. Yeah. As I feel like they should be. The way that Noah looked, and again, that 60 meter mark, no, just give it an extra 40. I, Noah would have, would just have won. I don't know by how much, but I don't know if Christian Coleman would have been able to hang on to the speed that Noah Lyles had because yeah. Noah was coming in like a freight train. Yeah. Didn't say his start was perfect. I said it improved. It was still bad. It was, it was still bad. It wasn't the best. <laughs> There's still, but still that's bad. the crazy thing is there's still room for improvement. So just imagine when things start to click later, what that's going to do for Noah Lyles. All right. Sounds great. Let's move on now to our favorite moments from the week. I know we have a race video um, produced by Brian Dybel, which is the top four race videos of the week. So we will get that loaded up onto the screen now. But Ashley, I know one of the biggest pieces from there, which we'll see in a moment, NAU men just did a really great job over the weekend. Well, we don't have the video of that. So this, this, these race videos oh, okay. are all. Okay, I thought we from, had the video. No, no, we have pictures from that. We oh, have, pictures. so basically okay. our, our top four race videos. We obviously USA indoors was the biggest thing that happened this weekend, but um, obviously the B the BU Terrier DMR challenge produced some crazy performances both in the DMR, but also outside of the DMR and some five Ks and some eight hundreds. And so those are what those top race videos are going to be. But um, you know, if you're looking outside of USA indoors, just across the board for NCAA, some of the bigger moments that happened. NAU men did do a really great job. Oh, we have the video. We did. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty okay. sure we have the video. <laughs> so we'll start here, number four. Sophia Goriaron, the freshman from Harvard. She runs 201.68 in the 800. Number three collegiate this year. She, I feel like things are finally starting to click for her, and this is a big race for her here. And number three, Virginia Tech, 922.71 in the DMR to win that at BU. Number 10 collegiate all-time, I believe, as well. Just lots of fast DMRs this weekend. This yeah. one of them across the entire country in the NCAA. Then if you come to number two, the Washington women, collegiate record, 10:43:39 in the DMR. And then the ladies behind them too, Providence and BOAU go number two and number three all time That's in the DMR there. as well. So again, crazy DMRs. And then number one, we have to talk about Grant Fisher here, 12:51:84 in the 5K. US number two all time indoors was just 0.23 seconds away from that record there. And again, he was just so close, so, so close. So Only close. he had just a little bit more foot speed, a little bit more of a sprint there at the end, he would have gotten it. But again, kudos to Grant Fisher for that, that awesome race there. And again, we, we knew he was gonna be going for something big here, coming off of breaking the American record in the two mile at Milrose Games. And he, again, almost got another American record to his Yeah, team. one slight omission from the top four videos yeah you could have added a fifth yes from bu oh yeah yeah yeah. 200 meters 200 meters oh 36 seconds my god was the winning time oh yeah 
If you want to see that race video, go check out the the Flow Track social channels if you haven't already. It's kind of a funny, uh, funny video there. I know BU. I think they were to make it a full meet. Yeah, essentially, right. they had to run, you know, the two hundred and the four hundred. Um, but obviously, they, this was a distance oriented event, so they threw some of their guys that ran sub four in the mile prior to this, and then they went in the two hundred and just kind of jogged, and it was it was funny. They got some good some got good cheers from the crowd. Sprint at the end. Yes, yes. So go check that out. It's pretty funny. Oh my gosh, that's a good call, chat guy. Like that potentially could have made the top. Yeah, could have made it fit. But yeah, yeah, it was really, really a funny race for sure. Were there other, any other races that really caught your attention over the weekend? Well, I know you alluded to this, but I think we have to talk about the the DMRs that happened at Notre Dame this weekend mm-hmm. at the Alex Wilson Invitational. NAU men, 9-17-43, number three all-time um, in the collegiate history in all conditions because, again, this was on an oversized track. Yeah. And then the Notre Dame women go 10-44-62, which is also number three all-time in the NCAA. And Olivia Markazich. 422 1600 meter split again an oversized track but like that's insane that's still fast that's crazy so those were two big highlights there as well yeah on the ncaa side awesome and then just kind of looking a little bit later than that Kadri clears a world lead of 485 in the pole vault and also there was a 17 year old from australia yeah can we talk about this i've seen this guy all over over let's run and i watched this race at 2 a.m so You have Cameron Are you Myers. serious? I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I watched this at 2 a.m. So do you like go to bed and then wake up, watch the race, go yes. to bed? Yes. That's it's an interesting it schedule. Yeah. But hey, okay. we had the stream. So, you know, we had to clip it. Had to clip. <laughs> Cameron Myers, again, 17 years old from Australia, third at the Maury Plant Meet, which is part of the World Athletics Continental Tour, the first one on the Gold Tour schedule this year. 352. 352. That was like... I think he was a couple tenths off of Jakob Ingebrigtsen's age group world record in the event. And he only lost to, I mean, he almost beat Jake Whiteman there at the very end, which he's a, you know, a 1500 meter world champion. That's insane. Yeah. People are wondering like, where, like how? Yeah. That's what I was. How? I don't know. Good training. Yeah. As a 16 year old last year, he was kind of making the ranks and and running some fast time. So it's not out of nowhere. No, it's not. I think he did. He does have the world record. I think I looked in for 16 year olds and I think he ran 354 or something when he was 16. So that's insane to me. Yeah, absolutely wild. Yeah. Jack guy. Is there anything from the chat around this? I did. We do have a, co- a conversation from Troy Smith uh, okay. relating back maybe to indoor. Uh, are either of you concerned about how fast these athletes are running too early if they want to peak at the Olympics? Absolutely not. No, it's an Olympic mm-hmm. year. No. I feel like we see this often. I feel when there's a major championship year like the Olympics, everyone's putting in all the efforts you have to do for some athletes, you might have to do stuff that's like completely outside your comfort zone to make sure that you're putting yourself in a great position in regards to training and making sure that you make it into that final. Honestly, I'm personally not concerned. Like this is something I expect. And these are professional athletes who know when, like their coaches know when to peak them at the right time. I think I, I worry about it more on like a distance side, maybe because it's like if you're right, but usually distance runners are pretty smart at that once you're at the pro level, like you don't want to be racing like every weekend, especially in an Olympic year and running insanely fast every weekend. But I feel like most people like you're not seeing that happen. So that that's really for me where you if you're seeing really fast times like that, that's where you get to concern where I get to concern, though, is like for some of these NCAA athletes, especially these sprinters that, that like I'm theoretically have a chance of making an Olympic team. 
but obviously you're competing for your school. You're trying to win, get points. You're trying to be at the top of the NCAA. So a lot of them are racing a lot more now, um, beginning with indoor. And then obviously you have outdoor season, which then kind of, you know, gets up to the Olympic trials there too. So it, it's interesting. I agree with you at the NCAA level for an Olympic year. That makes me concerned because the coaches, you know, they're, they're thinking NCAAs, they're thinking conference. They have to position themselves to make sure that their athletes are peaking at the right time for NCAAs. Unless you're having a coach where you can have that conversation be like, hey, the ultimate goal, I understand we, I have to compete at NCAAs conference, all this stuff, but I would like to make this Olympic team. From there, you make those adjustments. But for some of these athletes right now, we're seeing them compete week after week after week and just knowing that the Olympics are going to go through the end of August. So that's the only part where I'm concerned. But like when we talk about Noah Lyles and Grant Holloway and these professional athletes, I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not concerned at all. Corey, what are your thoughts? Are you concerned? I, I, so part of me wonders if there's like any contract bonuses if you yeah. make teams. Oh, yeah. So you run fast in order to, to kind of attain some of those uh, bonuses. Yeah. I mean, sense. there's, there's kind of a, a financial side to it as well as you're, you're not guaranteed to make any team. Mm -hmm. So going for it when those opportunities pr present themselves, I think is important too. So I think fast times come with opportunity. Love that. Love that. Great question. All right. As we mentioned to kick off the show, this is conference week. It's going to yes. be blowing up all weekend long. So we're going to dive into this top storylines going into the championships. We're going to start off with the ACC. That's going to be at the track at New Balance in Boston, Massachusetts. And I think we're all kind of in agreement that the, the men's mile, if everyone that we think is going to be running in it, it's going to be stacked. Yes. Yeah. If you're looking at the top storyline here, I think it is the men's distance side for the ACC, but specifically the mile, right? Because if you look at the the rankings right now the qualification list for ncaa division one indoors you have four guys i believe that are ranked in the top 20. so you have ethan strand of unc at number 15 354 62 gary martin of virginia at number 17 354 73 parker wolf of unc 35509 at number 19 and then at number 20 of stephen jackson 35539 at boston college I mean, that's a pretty stacked race right there if you have all four of those guys in that same race. Yeah. And it, it really just all depends on, like, granted, a lot of times conference, you know, championship meets, it, it's going to be tactical. Like, they're probably not going to push for something really fast. But, like, I mean, I will at least throw it out there. Yard Nagus has a 355-62 meet record. Will it play out tactically or will they try to run something fast? Who knows? But also this is the mile, too. I think it's interesting for the men's side. It could be – really big in terms of getting points because as I just listed there, you have two guys from UNC, you have Gary Martin from Virginia, but there's plenty of other guys from Virginia that are going to be in that top, most likely within that top eight potentially um, in that race. So that could be a big point getter for them. Yeah. I think my brain also, my brain is spinning right now. Cause again, top 16 make it to the NCAAs. So right now we have conference this week. We got to buy next week. And then after that's NCAAs. If you're not ranked in the top 16, there's, there's, it's not like outdoors where they have rounds. Like you have to be ranked in the top 16 in the country in your event to make it to NCAAs. So if you're on that cuff right now, I don't even know how you would want to approach it. Like you have to go off time at that point. So I feel like we could see a little mixture of a little bit. Cause as you mentioned, you know, Gary Martin right now is 17th. If, all 16 guys in front of him say we're going to NCAAs. Gary Martin's not running. So 
do you set yourself up to run a really fast mile so that way you're good to go to NCAAs or do you run it tactically to get the title? I don't know. It's just going <laughs> to depend on how the race goes, I guess. But I do have a comment here. Yeah. And it, it, it actually is a very good insight into where the mile is right now. And I have to mm. give props to Kyle Merber here. He, he tweeted recently oh, I uh, that tweet, yeah. about the mile and the 17th fastest time, you know, several days ago. It was 354, 73. In 2012, Miles Batty set the NCAA collegiate record running 354.54. Just shows you where we've gone as a sport, especially in the distance side, which could be, again, I feel like this conver comes up in conversation at least a few times a season every year since, what, I've been here for almost two years. I feel like it comes up, like, at least a little bit every year. Um, yeah, like, it's just a better better training, the shoes, yeah. surfaces. Everything. I don't know. It's a combination of everything. It's everything. All right, I want to ask you your question. Is Yard Nagusa's 355-62 meet record in jeopardy? I want to say, yes. say I want to say yes, but like, because you you do bring up a good point where like a, a lot of these guys are sitting just outside of that 16 list. So I want to say yes, but then I also know how a lot of these meets end up happening, and I'm going to say no. You're going to say no. I'm going to say no. I say yes, Corey. I say yes. Oh. Oh, so I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it is at the track though, at New Balance. Yes, it's fast track. So it's at the fast, brand new facility. Absolutely gorgeous. You need everyone to come to a consensus. Like, hey guys, we're gonna run really fast today. No tactic, like no tactics involved. No tactics involved. We're just going. I changed my mind. I'll say no. I'll say no. Okay. Wow. Saying no. Yeah. Okay. I'm sticking with my yes because I'm that You're person. positive. I'm that person. All right, let's move to the SEC championships. This will be at the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. And I don't really, like, my brain is like Arkansas has, the Arkansas women, I think, is just the storyline. Going into these championships. Yes, yes. The Arkansas women have not lost an indoor SEC championship title since 2013. This will be year 11. I don't know who would be able to to top them here. Well, and I'm telling you right now, I don't think anyone's going to beat them this year. <laughs> that's for sure. If you're looking at the squad that they've got going into SECs, I mean, they're just absolutely loaded, especially when you look at that quarter-mile squad. You yes. have Amber Anning, the collegiate leader in the 400 at 50-56. Sanu Jallo, she's the collegiate leader in the 600 and also part of that 4x4 crew, I believe, 126-52. Then you have Nikisha Price, number two, collegiate 450-104. Kaylin Brown, number five, collegiate 451-49. And then Rosie Effiong, number six, collegiate 400-51-58. I mean, come did on. You, did you hear what you just said? Like, all of these, all these ladies – are like ranked in the top six. Yeah, and they're also top ranked in the top in the world as well. It's insane. Like yeah. this four by four is stacked. Yep. Arkansas, I'm not going to be surprised if they go one through four. I'm not. I'm just no. like, it's the Razorbacks. Yeah, and then also you have people like, I mean, they have star freshman Shanti Jackson, who's gone 718 in the 60 and 2277 the 200. Those also are marks that rank among the top in, in college right now. So, and then they also lead, obviously, the 4x4 four four with a mark of 325.59. So there's just, to me, there's just, right there alone, That's that wins you a meet, right? Like right. If, if you, it, you're not even talking about the field events. You're not even talking about points in the distance because, obviously, their women's distance is very, very solid as well. Like, yes. boom, there you go. Like, that's that's the meet. That's they, the they meet. won. <laughs> Sina Revolson, Maya Cochran, Tia Lo 
low Straco, like in the mile and the distance events. But even in the high jump, you have Rachel Glenn, who's tied for NCAA number three right now with the jump of six, two and three quarters of an inch. Nia Robinson, the long jump, number seven on the collegiate list right now with a 641. You could, I don't know. It's just no one's taking them down, I feel like, unless there's a major hiccup, major hiccup, and I'm not going to even wish that upon anybody. Extremely major. That that's the only reason Arkansas women go down. Yeah. That's the only thing. Um, but because it's the SEC, I kind of want to throw some other events at you, Ashley and Chat Guy. Jamesia Ford, okay? South Carolina, NCAA in the 200 and the 300 right now this indoor season. Of course, I don't think the lists are out yet for what events they're doing, but I'm wondering if she's going to be trying to double in the two and the four, I'll which say is yes. going to be very challenging. I'll say yes. <laughs> she won her first set of SEC titles. She's number three right now in that 400. So if anybody, I feel like that that's going to break up the Razorbacks in that four, it's going to be Jamesia. Yeah, and it really does depend on what she decides to run. I think that 200 she can win. That 200 title, that 400 will be a little bit more challenging, especially she's trying yeah. to do the two, the four double against the Arkansas women. Um, but again, I feel like she comes up in conversation every week because she's been just throwing down insane times. Again, only a freshman um, from North Carolina, now running at South Carolina. Um, so again, I think if anyone can do it, she's going to be one that can sneak up there and grab some some big points away from Arkansas. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see when the official lists come out. But I think just even looking at the 60, I'm pretty 95% sure these ladies are going to be in this field. We talked about LSU Brianna Lyston, who went 707 earlier this year. JCS Sears is going to be in the mix. Kayla Jackson of Georgia, Shanti, as we just talked about, and Grace Stark. You have all these ladies that have gone faster than 722. The fastest time comes from Brianna with a 707. And then Grace Stark has gone 721. It's going to be fast. Yes. The very, 60. Very fast. We'll probably see. I mean, we could definitely see faster than 707. I think. You think so? Yeah. How, like, are we talking six? No, I'm not. No, no, not that fast. <laughs> not that fast. I just think, yeah, we could see something fast when you have all those ladies there together. You know what? Hmm. Don't say that, Liv. Don't say you're going to see a six. No way. No freaking way. <laughs> Would I be crazy if I thought that? Yeah. I mean, hey, be, be, bold. be bold. Be bold. Be bold. The thing is, the thing is, Arkansas's track, like my personal best, comes from Arkansas's track. That 60 is fast. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to be the person. 699. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 699. Okay. Brianna came out of nowhere. Think about it. Yeah, but they got to shave off like .08. Honey, that's the start. That's the start. That's, that's a like start. a big, I don't know. That's don't a start. Know. Okay. Think about Noah Lyles right now. But no, but these girls are running, the, like their starts are a lot better. But I feel. What? These girls <laughs> starts, like Wait, these, what? these girls starts can get oh out aggressive. Oh my gosh. Am I, come on now. Noah Lyles to start versus Why are we Brianna? comparing Noah Lyles to start to No, Brianna? I'm just saying like Brianna, I feel like has a really explosive start. That's my point. That was the point I was trying to make. I, I still don't really get what you're trying to say here, but okay. Okay, it's fine. We're just going to move on from this, but I'm saying... A couple chat comments. Okay, chat Uh, comments, yes. First of all, Brian Dibel, our uh, co-worker, says (laughs) he doesn't anticipate a record going down the mile. No no Yared record-breaking moment there. He doesn't see that. Okay. Um, Everyone agrees with Arkansas women. They are outstanding and should win. I have a question for you, too. If Arkansas wins, who's the next up? Oh, gosh. Florida was two last year. Tennessee was three. Alabama, Ole Miss... Georgia was sixth in the SEC. 
but they obviously have a really strong spin yeah. court. They have a strong... Do we think Georgia jumps a little bit this year? I think Florida, because not only do they have they have good sprinters, they have some good people in the, you know, the, the jumps and stuff as well, the field events, but they also have Parker Valby. Yeah. Who I've I've heard she's running the three K, five K double. I've seen that places. There so we go. I mean, that's where you get your points. Yeah. yeah. So if anyone can come second or potentially maybe get closer to Arkansas, it's gonna be Florida. Hmm. Yeah, my gut says Florida and uh, Corey, as you mentioned, Georgia, I feel like, and we, we actually had a chance to see uh, Deanna Hill at uh, USA Indoor Championships. The team is very, very young, but there's so much talent there that I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a jump from Georgia. Yeah, I agree. That's my take. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, they're, they're set. Yeah, for sure. For years to come, too, not just, like, this one season. Yeah. So, all right, let's move on to Big 12s. Texas Tech in Lubbock. Sprint squad. More sprints. <laughs> Lots of sprint conversation here. Yeah. I feel like we can't talk about Big 12s without talking about that Texas Tech men's sprint squad. If you're looking at the 60 meters right now, the top four, they have three of the top four men in the 60 meters in all of college, all levels right now. You have Terrence Jones, who's the collegiate leader at 647, Dondre Swint at 649, and then Sean Brown, 653. I mean, those are things that... Those are times where you're you're up there with Noah Lyles, you know? Like, I mean, he just ran 6.43 at U.S. Indoors. Like, these guys are legit, and they're going to be running on their home track. And if you go 1, 2, 3 in that, that 60, that's a lot of points right there. And if you're looking, too, at the 200, Terrence Jones is the fastest in the Big 12 at 20.57. They also have one of the fastest 4x4 four four times right now in college at 304.84. Again, so like, kind of like what we were saying about Arkansas, Texas Tech is one of those teams where I think on the men's side they could get just so many points in the sprints that are then hard to – it's hard to come back from that. Yeah, I agree. Also, just thinking about the 60-meter hurdles, you have Caleb Dean, who's gone 755, also leads the NCAA at the moment. So – I don't think anyone's going to be take, taking down Texas Tech. And just thinking about you named a lot of their athletes, their top five, five of their top 60-meter 60 60 runners are in the top 10, and that just makes me excited for the 4 by one come this spring. Yeah. Um, They're using the Big 12 now, so the, the women are going to be – I'm really excited to see what they do anywhere from the mile up to the 5K, and especially that DMR as well. I think we could see something special from them too. You already know I'm a huge BYU fan. <laughs> yes. Coach yes. Taylor, I – all for her vibes, absolutely. Chat guy, anything on the chat in regards to the Big 12? Hey, full stop, Texas Tech from all in the game. I think everybody's on board with Texas Tech dominating the men's side in the Big 12s. Love it. Sweet. All right, the last con- – well, no, just kidding. Wait. We have two more. Two more. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. All right, let's talk about Big Sky. Yes. Because we talked with Colin earlier. Yes. So lots of big things coming from NAU. And, yeah, they moved up into number one spot on the men's rankings. And I feel like that's a great spot to be right now. Yeah, going into this week on our flow track, NCAA men's indoor team rankings. And I use now at the top, which is, it's kind of one of those where you look at it and you think about it for a second. You're like, oh, they're number one. But then, because if you think about it, right, they're getting their points from distance. Yes. They're getting all their points from distance. So to say that, in our rankings that they're number one, that I think that just emphasizes how special this distance squad mm -hmm. is. And if you're looking at what they've done so far, we just saw them run one of the fastest DMRs all time, 917 yes. at Notre Dame. You have Nico Young, who leads in the 5K, and then also with an altitude conversion leads, leads the mile too for NCAA Division I 
you have Colin Solomon. I mean, like the list just goes on of like how many impact guys they have at the distance side. And I mean, that's big points right there when you go to, to NCAAs. But at, like, as you mentioned, we talked to Colin Solomon last week on the podcast and he said, you know, at NAU, like big sky conference, like trying to win that championship is something like we really put a big, heavy focus on. Like they want to perform their best at conference. So I'll be curious to see what they do. Yes. I love how you mentioned like the, the title is going to come from this distance squad. I think so often we hear about, you know, NCAA, you know, programs winning from the sprint side. And I think there's kind of a flip if you think about it, which is NAU being so strong and dominant and they have depth, which is absolutely remarkable to think about it. You mentioned they're coming off of a huge DMR performance, Colin Salmon, Talked with him last week, currently number four um, in that mile with the 353. Nico Young doing Nico Young things. Like, Nico is ready to go. He is. Uh, so I'm excited to see what NAU does, especially I appreciate that they add emphasis on these championships as we shift into the NCAA, you know, championship part of the year. So And, and I think it's worth noting, too, like, I think there's a difference here between indoor and outdoor, right? Because you mentioned, like, usually, oh, we hear about the sprints. But if you're looking at indoor, you have that DMR where you can get points. On exactly. The like, that's the extra thing. You don't have a distance relay where you can get points outdoors. So I think right. this is why here you see NAU so much higher in these rankings because they you can get those extra points in the DMR. And then you also have the mile, the 3K, and the 5K, and even the 800. Yeah. So here's a touch to that, too. Um, so shout out to Lincoln Track, who does our rankings and then does some analysis on it. Right now, the, the team score prediction is 44 for NAU. 43 for Arkansas. But the thing about the DMR indoors is that there's a quick turnaround from the 5K mm. to the DMR. Mm. And Nico anchored the DMR yeah. recently. Mm. He's unlikely to probably run that indoors. So how they factor in maybe the next guy up will determine maybe True. their fate there. And what also helps NAU is that they have a weight thrower uh, that's currently among the top eight you know, performers at, at, at the discipline. So, I mean... They do have distance heavy, but they do have a throws athlete mm -hmm. that's really going to have an impact there, too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree there. All right. Our final conference we're going to dive into is the Big Ten. And this is interesting because we were actually talking about all of this in the office this morning. It will be at the Spire Institute in Ohio. But I feel like Wisconsin is that program that you have to have on your radar going into these championships. And Ashley, you did a great job of breaking down the distance side. So what can we look out for here? Yeah, you know, looking specifically on the men's side, the Wisconsin men's distance team, I think has potential to get some really big points here. If you look at where they are in the mile of 3K and the 5K, in the mile, they have Adam Spencer, NCAA Division One number four, 352.70, crazy time. Then if you're looking at the 3K, you have Jackson Sharp and Bob Liking that are both ranked within the top 21 in D1. They've both gone 745 and then 746. And then that same duo, when you look at the 5K, number 13 and number 19, in D1, 1325 and 1328. Those are the guys that are kind of leading that charge there in the mid-distance events. And so depending on how you spread them out, like that is some interesting points there. And then they also have a pretty good DMR, number five, or no, not number five, number eight, sorry, in NCAA uh, right now. But I think it could be a duel with Michigan because Michigan also has a very strong men's distance program. Tom Brady has been a star for them, which oh, I still Brady. love that it's Tom Brady. I know. Michigan. I know. I think that's awesome. Um, but he's been, I believe he's ranked among some of those top guys in the 5K and NCAA. And then they also have a really solid DMR squad. So it could be interesting. Yeah. Corey, do you have any thoughts on the, well, the Big Ten? Because I know we were well, talking about it. Last year, Big Ten conference on the men's side, 
12 points separated the first three teams. Wisconsin won with 110, seven points more than Nebraska. Iowa had 98. So those three teams last year were the top three performers. You're obviously mentioning Michigan, who's gotten better. Um, but will it be a close battle with some of these teams that are kind of you know balanced in terms of equity on their roster? I think Wisconsin probably has a little bit more depth, but I think ultimately it'll be high, like power scorers, like mm-hmm. who has the most um, potential to win events and, and to carry that over. So I think it'll be an interesting um, dialogue there in the Big Ten men's conference. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting weekend. And, of course, there's state championships going off, too, at the high school level. So it's just a busy, busy weekend. Just another weekend. Just another weekend. All right, chat guy, ending the show. Any other last-minute chats? I don't think so. I think everybody – yeah, no. I think we went – they went hard in the paint for hard. some of the uh, the U.S. indoor conversation and and uh, world stuff with Tobogo and, and uh, Femke Bowl. So I think we're good. Awesome. Sweet. Ashley, is there anything on the calendar that you can think of off the top of your head? Off the top of my head? Yes. Well, I know it's Friday. We have some more World Indoor Tour that's going to be live on Flow Track in Madrid and Berlin, so tune in for that. We also have the Big East Indoor Track and Field that's Championships right. live beginning for, on Friday, so that, that'll also be something you want to tune in for, but those are going to be the big meets to watch for this weekend. Perfect. So an exciting weekend. Hopefully you guys don't have too much planned because all the track action will be taking place this weekend that you can watch live on flow track. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Please like subscribe, share this with your friends, family, coworkers, everything. We'll see you back here next week for another episode.